Or you just, you know, sometimes it's the, the idea, like you said, the idea just comes to you and then you can come back later. Right. Because there have been many times when I've just sat there and like toiled through it. And then sometimes the idea will come to me randomly when I'm doing something else, but it only has come because I sat there and thought like, yeah. for a really long time yeah. um, without being productive. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, of course, that's where I'm going with this or whatever. Right. creative souls and welcome to never wear boring socks i am anna barnard and i'm maria ramsey we're very excited today because we have a third pair of socks joining us on the feet of a very special guest yay so anna can you tell me first what socks you're wearing yeah i am wearing a pair of so- they're like they're mostly blue have a little red on the toe and they have little yellow bees on them I'm not totally sure why I picked... I feel like they're kind of like fall colors, but but bees remind me of summer, and so... Can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> We're just thinking about socks. Yeah. Cool. Continue. Okay. Um, and... When we're recording this, it's like kind of between fall and summer. So that's why I chose those socks. Very nice. Yeah. What socks are you wearing, Maria? I picked some seasonal socks also. They're green and they have apples on them. Oh, so lovely. I, figured, I also went apple picking the other day. So that seemed very appropriate to the season. Very nice. So we also have Heather Summerlad here with us, which is very exciting. Hello. Heather, would you like to tell us what socks you're wearing? Yes, I've been preparing this whole introduction. Yay. Um, I think Can I'm we at... move the mic oh, okay. closer to you? Can you hear us both, Anna? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Um, I, I have Muppet socks. Ooh. And I can't remember who what Muppets these are. Who's that? Um, is that Beaker and the other? I think so. Beaker and whoever Beaker's I don't remember. partner in crime is. <laughs> and then, I'm not, I don't know, this is kind of a vague sock, but it's blue. <laughs> I think it's got a care. Oh, that's, I think that's Grover. Eyeball. Yeah, I think I got Grover, but like, yeah, really big Grover on my sock. Some cool characters. Those are very yeah. exciting socks. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not boring. This yeah. is very appropriate for our... Uh, Recording today. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> well, do you want to tell us a little bit? I know who you are. But do you want to tell Anna and our listeners a little bit about yourself? Oh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, well, this is a terrifying question for me. <laughs> it's always a weird question. I am a person. Um, yeah, I'm a, I, I guess I, yeah, I'm a musician and a, and a writer um, and a teacher. Uh, I, I play the violin and I record my own music and uh, I'm working on a book right now and I teach kids how to play string instruments. That's, Very cool. That's me. Yeah. Very cool. What is, what is your book about? Am I allowed to ask that? Or is that, like, secret <laughs> right now? 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it's 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 always embarrassing to <laughs> admit. I'm writing a memoir about stuff. Okay, cool. Um, I don't think that's embarrassing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't think it needs to be embarrassing. It doesn't need to be embarrassing. I guess it's always a little scary to admit that mm-hmm. because, uh, yeah, you know, I'm relatively young, I guess, and so it's kind of like, oh, you're writing a memoir. What have, what have you? done with your life right (laughs) yeah no I get that that's really cool though I feel like I don't know I feel like if you can articulate um you know you like your life up until a certain point at any stage that's like really impressive and then you'll have like that to look back on too which would be kind of cool yeah well and especially to yeah see what I was how I reflected on my life now right yeah and how I would reflect on it in the future so that's pretty cool. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I also think I've definitely heard people say that before. And like sometimes people will sort of offer that as a criticism, I guess, of young people who write memoirs. But yeah. I also like I think that it's valuable to hear people's memoirs and life stories when they're older. But I also think it's valuable to hear that from a relatively young person, like especially yeah. if it's an even younger person reading. I know that like I yeah. might relate more to a memoir written by a 30-something person instead of, like, a 70-something person. Right. right. <laughs> As a 20-something. Oh, I'm glad. I, I was feeling a little down today, so I'm glad, I, I'm, glad I'm talking to you. This is well, that's how I feel, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also think um, memoir gets a bad rap for being... Um, people say it's, like, a narcissistic and mm. indulgent, and that's just not true at all. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's really good to hear what people have lived through. Right. And what they've learned from those experiences, so. Yeah, I think hearing people's stories can be really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in writing, I've been reading a lot of memoirs, too, mm. and, and uh, yeah, it, it always amazes me how much I can relate to people, even if their stories are drastically and wildly different from mine so yeah and right. well, I think that's one of the magical things too about memoirs and listening to other people's stories or reading other people's stories is that like you realize how human we all are even yeah. if we've lived through very different things like yeah. we have a lot of the same feelings yeah about stuff totally well and now I'm feeling embarrassed that I was embarrassed so. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think that's very natural too <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we've talked about a little bit is sharing creative work and just how scary that can be in general. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? (laughs) Well, it's, yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) It's really, really scary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many times you do it. It's always just like, I mean, like I, anytime I put something out into the world, I just like put it out and then like hide immediately. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Terrified of what the you know, response will be, but I always, I always find that it's, it's not about the response. I think like it it doesn't matter what kind of response I get. It's always just, it feels good to, to share things, even if it's scary. Um, yeah, (laughs) not a very profound thought, but (laughs) no, I think that makes sense though. Do you find that with sharing music also? Yeah, Yeah. It's a little less scary. I think to share music because I've, done it so often at this point mm-hmm. um and yeah like I, I I know what it feels like but writing is it's not new I've always done it but sharing writing well I guess I, I used to share my writing a lot when I was a teenager and I you know 
share it with my friends mm-hmm. when we were talking on AOL Instant Messenger. We just like <laughs> share poetry and stuff. Oh yeah, I remember <laughs> that. <Cool>. Angsty selves. <laughs> um, but yeah, then then when I went to college, I actually went to college to be a writer. Um, I wanted to be a writer, not a musician. And then when I got to college the idea of sharing my writing just became overwhelming. Like, Mm. I don't know why I was just like really ashamed of it. And so I just, I couldn't write anymore. I just stopped writing all through college. This is how I I became a musician. Um, And then I lived and did other things. And uh, yeah, like seven years ago is when I I started writing a book. And since then, you know, I've had to kind of work my way through all the different, um, stages of the process and uh have worked through the terror of asking people to read and comment and give me um feedback and yeah it's getting a little easier but I think sharing writing is still relatively new to me at this point in my life after having not done it for such a long time yeah Well, I think writing is one of those things. It's so complex, like the sharing of your work with writing, because on one hand, it's it, sometimes, I mean, for a lot of people, I think writing is like really like speaking from something really like authentic inside of you yeah. or like very vulnerable. And then on yeah. top of that, there's like this pressure for your writing to fall into the realm of like literature or whatever. Yeah, you know? totally. And so, yeah. And that's just like a huge deterrent because you're like, well, there's all these books that have been written and, you know, like, what qualifications do I have? (laughs) But I think um, having the perspective, I liked that you said, like, it's always more rewarding to share it no matter what feedback you get. You know, I think that's like a good outlook to have on it. Yeah. And I, well, I think the drive to do it in the first place is, is to share. I mean, that's why people create art. I know you don't create art to look at it yourself or read it for yourself you know I think the the nature of art is that desire to share and so that's why it's terrifying (laughs) because but it's also um really the point Mm, I think yeah yeah what do you is there anything particular that you feel like has been valuable about sharing your work um in the past oh man I don't (laughs) there's there's millions of things yeah I guess well I mean, I think, yeah, I think in, in, there's a lot of layers to it. I think um, when you share, I think uh, it gives you kind of a stepping stone to get better at your art. Because um, if, you, if you just like, you know, create in, a, in an echo chamber by yourself, you don't, you know, you don't have any perspective on your work. So if you share it, um, you know, you, you kind of create these little foundations you can walk on to keep growing and keep uh, keep getting better. And I think just from a, a personal standpoint, um, yeah, like, you know, sh- sharing re- extremely vulnerable things uh, just as good for it. We were talking about vulnerability yeah. <laughs> at one point and how, diff- right. how difficult it is to be vulnerable with people. And that for me is something that sometimes I like, I feel like that part of me is really broken. Like I just, I, it's so hard for me it's to do hard. it. Yeah. yeah. And so I think art and, you know, sharing music and, and sharing um, writing, I think can really, uh, really tap into that part of you that's vulnerable and, and that part of that, that is scared to share. Um, and 
doing it. I, I don't know. I've always, that's always how I've been able to share anything that's real about myself. Yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is just too scary. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you, I think that's, Oh, sorry. Go sorry, ahead. Go ahead, Anna. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, please. <laughs> I was going to ask. Um, so you said you pointed to the fact that one of the big like drivers of creating is to share that work with other people. Mm-hmm. But like, are, do you have some other personal motives for why you're drawn specifically to creative work or just beyond like sharing it with other people? Um, why do you find yourself creating so often? Oh man, that <laughs> I don't know. Is that to hide from <laughs> the world? I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think uh, it's just it's just something that's inside of you. It's mm-hmm. just like anything that you're interested in. It's just like a passion that you know. It's always been inside of me. That I've always done creative things. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was really little, I was involved in theater. And that turned out not to be my avenue of expression. <laughs> um, the older I got, the more I realized that I was <laughs> very good at it. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, you know, then after that, I, I did write a lot. And then I joined my school orchestra. And um, yeah, I think I, I, I've just always been driven to do things creatively. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I find that when I'm by myself and I you know, have nothing else to do and I'm just relaxing that the first thing I do is create something or try to create something. Yeah. It's just what happens. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it other than that. Um, and yeah, I think like, I think it's, it's a, it's healing. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it speaks to something inside of me and it speaks to that vulnerability that I'm, you know, I say that it, I said that it was like that part of me was broken. But I don't, I, I think I just, it's it's maybe cut off from expression in a certain way, but it's found this other avenue to to go through, um, which is creativity. If that makes sense. Totally, yeah. I think it does. Yeah. No, I, it's like hard to pin down, but I think what you said is I think that like rings true for a lot of people. It's just like that's like it's like an instinctual thing, sort of. You know, it's yeah. like well, I have nothing to do right now. What am I gonna do? Well. I'm immediately drawn to creating something, you know, and yeah. I think like that's true for me too. And that's a good way to, to think about it for sure. Yeah. What, what is your, what is your creative work, Anna? Um, I write and I also am a musician. I haven't been doing as much with that lately because college makes me very busy. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I, um, I play saxophone and bassoon and I, I write and oh, do cool. some like crocheting and crafting and things like that as well. Oh, runs in the family. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I did teach Anna how to crochet. She did. Oh, that's true. That's great. <laughs> There's yeah. that. But I think our, our parents both grew up in a music, I don't know, musical household is the right word, but a music valuing household yeah. yeah so i think that was passed on to them as like something that's good to do yeah right <laughs> right so yeah that kind of got passed on too well in our grandmother's an artist and i think right, right. I, I think as much as like our grandfather doesn't isn't an artist or anything but he is like an engineer which you could 
argue is like a creative work he too. Like there's a lot like of stuff. Yeah, there's like <laughs> yeah. A, a value of like creativity on our side of the family, I think. So that probably has been passed down a little bit to us, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I hadn't quite thought about it though that way. Yeah. So that's cool that you just pointed yeah. that out. <laughs> yeah. The genetic line of creativity. Right. That's <laughs> why we talk about creativity on this podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I when you were talking about that sort of drive to create, just like when you have a free moment, yeah. that was making me think of being a kid. Yeah, which is really interesting because I feel like sometimes, like now as an adult, I still do have that instinct, but it's also it gets like blocked sometimes by other things that I feel like I need to do. Yeah. Whereas when I, was, when I was a kid, like all of my free moments, it was like, what am I going to draw right now? Or I'm going to make a little fairy house right. out of sticks yeah. or crochet something. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. That, I think about when I was a kid, that's kind of the same thing. I was always like, had these ideas for books I was going to write. And mm-hmm. um, I didn't draw so much. That's another thing I'm not that good at. <laughs> <laughs> learned real quick. But uh, but yeah, like I was I was always doing... Stuff. And when I learned to do music, um, I didn't always want to practice, but when I was playing music for myself that wasn't practice, you know, I mm-hmm. could do, spend hours doing it. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, I think, it, I think just some people are just born with that drive, I think. It's not something that you necessarily... Well, I don't know. I'm not, not going to make any big declarative <laughs> statements about what drives people to create. But I think it is, it, it, it's kind of an instinctual thing. Yeah, I think it is too. And sometimes we, like I was saying, we kind of get distracted from that yeah. instinct to create. By It's only going to get worse. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> but I'm get trying old to... And... Well, I know. <laughs> Ooh, I'm trying to cultivate creativity in my life now yeah. so I can keep keep being creative yeah. as I get older and busier. Well, I feel like <laughs> I've been experiencing that recently because I'm I am like about to go back to school for the term. Um, but I just have some like free time right now. And so I'm like, oh, I want to like work on some stuff that I haven't had time to work on, like some creative projects. But then I'm like, well, before I do that, what do I have to get done? You know, like right, that is like right. always at the forefront of my mind now instead of just like giving into that instinct. Um, and I think I don't know. I don't know how to how to get over that. You know, I mean, like how to manage it, it, yeah. that's just a question of priorities and things like that. But I think there's like an assumption that your creative work is not as like legitimate as your you know, like the stuff you like, quote unquote, need to do. And I'm trying to like reorient my brain to make sure I make time for the creative things because that's like just as important for me. Oh, I hear that. Yeah, it's it is. I think that's that's um, that that's what separates you from being an artist um, from just a person who creates is an artist Mm. will prioritize uh, all the artistic things in their life rather than just be like, oh, I used to be creative when I was younger, you know? I don't know. Maybe that's not it. <laughs> I think that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I know that, that like sometimes you can't like you can't help like you have to you have you're when you're an adult, you have responsibilities, you have to do things, you know, but um, but yeah, like when right. I, I think it, it's a, it's a matter of, of kind of learning how to turn it on when it's not like like when you don't have inspiration, if that makes sense. So when, when I think mm. when you're younger you um 
you feel inspired so you just like you can create because you know you have the time or whatever if you're bored and you're inspired you can sit down and do whatever it is you're thinking about doing without having to worry about paying rent but when you're older and you have a job and then you have to you know do something practical that turns that part of your brain off and then when you have that free moment and you don't feel like doing it anymore um what am I trying to say? It's like you, you, you just kind of have to turn it on and try anyway, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. I know there have been like millions of times when I don't feel like I want to make music or write. And then you just you have to sit down and show up. And so I, I, usually when I don't feel like it is when I do my best work, actually, mm. which is interesting. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because hmm. like, uh, there have been so many times that I've like sat in front of the computer just like, oh, I don't feel like writing right now. And then I don't know what happens just being there after like a couple of hours of just kind of <laughs> sitting and staring and, you know, rummaging through Facebook. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, suddenly, like, the, like, I know what I'm doing. I don't I don't know how to like I just I it's that showing up that counts. I mm-hmm. think. And I, I'm trying to learn to get better at that. We've talked about that yeah. before, about how yeah. to manager artistic life and I'm I'm trying to get better at, at um just being able to sit down and do it whenever you have the time rather than when you're inspired right that's definitely something we've talked about is just because if you wait for inspiration to strike it's gonna strike at inopportune moments yeah when, <laughs> when you can't sit down and write right. oh, yeah. so you have to make the time for it and allow inspiration to come to you it's like We've also been talking about, have you read Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert? Oh, no, but I've, I've heard. Yeah, I feel it. like she talks about this, too. This is probably where I got this idea, but, like, the idea of putting yourself in the place where inspiration can find you, sort of. Yeah, right. She talks about it as sort of this, like, other being that's coming to you, which I think is interesting. But, like, it's harder to be inspired if you're not making the space and time to create yeah in the first place totally i yeah i 100 percent agree with that yeah she kind of talks about it as like a relationship where it's like if you put in the time like then you will be rewarded you know like yeah. then the inspiration and the ideas will come but like if you're just like not gonna make the time to do it then it's not gonna like magically appear to you so yeah. which i i find that idea appealing you know um because I think sometimes it's like, well, we have to sit our butt in the chair and do it and, like, grind it out of ourselves and, like, make our brains think harder, which is, like, <laughs> obviously sometimes the case. But sometimes it's like, well, if you, like, sit in that space where you're in, like, kind of, like, communing with creativity or whatever. Yeah. Like, sometimes you just need to be there and then, mm-hmm. like, things will come. Um, but if yeah. you're not there, then obviously it's not going to happen. So Exactly. Yeah, I... I I've been thinking about that a lot recently, and because that's like counterintuitive to my usual approach to creativity, which is like I just have to like do it and figure it out. But I think being a little more like receptive to things is a little more yeah. productive way to go about it. Yeah, because I mean, you have to come to terms with the fact that you're going to show up in some. There's going to be many days when it's just not going to happen. Right. You That's know? also true. Or it's not going to happen well. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's going to come out, but it would be terrible. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's the work, I think. But then that also, those bad days can also give you like a rough draft of something to work with. Yeah. And then when you, I don't know, I find sometimes that when I go to create, but I don't have inspiration, I can look back at stuff. 
that I thought was bad and actually find a little gem in there that can mm-hmm. turn into something good when I'm actually in a better place to create. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Like, oh, that was actually a pretty good stuff. Right. Right. <laughs> if I do say so myself. Right. <laughs> Even if the rest of it is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. Right. Yeah. And I was thinking when you first said that your some of your best work comes out of times when you don't want to create, I yeah. was really surprised when you first said that. But then I was thinking back to one of my favorite poems that I wrote this year. Mm-hmm. I I am a part of a writing group, yeah. so I have to go write for an hour every week, whether I'm in the mood to do it or not, because right. I signed up for this thing, yeah. and I committed to doing it. And there was one day where I just like wasn't feeling it. I was having such a hard time writing. Mm-hmm. I was writing terrible stuff, and I was yeah. we were getting to the end of the hour, like time to share what we were working on. And I was like, I don't have nothing to share. This is all really bad. <laughs> and then in the last like ten minutes, I wrote this poem that like didn't need any editing, and it's what? still one of my favorites. Th- yeah. So that's... sometimes you do just have to show up and just like wait a little bit longer than yeah. you're comfortable with. <laughs> incredible (laughs) yeah it was really kind of magical yeah or you just you know sometimes it's the the idea like you said the idea just comes to you and then you can come back later right Mm. because there have been many times when I've just sat there and like toiled through it and then sometimes the idea will come to me randomly when I'm doing something else but it only has come because I sat there and thought yeah for a really long time yeah um without being productive and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, of course, that's where I'm going with this or whatever. Right. That's so interesting how also, that works. <laughs> I find myself distracted. Like if I'm if I am trying to spend time writing, all of a sudden I'm inspired to do music. <laughs> and oh, like the opposite is true. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna sit down and do music, and then my brain is like, actually, <laughs> you want to write today? But like I'm, I've already committed to whatever I'm doing, so it's. Yeah, and I think your brains find ways to <laughs> try to thwart uh, yeah. your process, too, and you have to be able to work around it. Yeah. So when that happens, do you find that it's, like, do you normally stick to the thing you wanted to do that day, or do you, like, follow the inspiration to the other creative outlet? It's interesting, because it never happens when I can just do whatever I want. It always <laughs> happens when I've given myself a goal. So I'm like, oh. okay, I'm going to finish my whole book this week, or whatever it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, then all of a sudden, I'm like, ooh, I want to practice, which I never wanted to. Yeah. So, yeah, and then, and then when I've got, you know, a performance coming up, and I have to practice, I'm like, have all these great ideas ideas for stuff that I want to write so it yeah it's usually when it's when when my back is against the wall that my brain is like oh I'm gonna inspire you with something that you're not supposed to be doing right now that does seem like a very sneaky like brain trick to get you off track (laughs) yeah I don't know what why it does that to me yeah I've been thinking about that recently because I've been thinking about how I tend to start projects and then get bored with them and move on to the next thing. Yeah. And I've been thinking about how recently I think that sometimes the boredom is actually like fear of sharing something or fear of putting myself out there in some mm-hmm. way. And it's like my brain is telling me that I'm bored so that I never get far enough to share it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so interesting. It's so sneaky. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, okay, I find that really interesting how you were talking about you know, how, like, sometimes you want to write and then all of a sudden you want to do music and things like that. Um, Like, 
do you is it hard for you to find like a balance between your music and your writing or do you kind of like having both of them you know like do you think like they kind of help one another at all I don't know like I found that really difficult too because I'm I don't just do like one creative thing and a lot of times for me it can feel kind of like overwhelming or like I'm neglecting one thing if I'm working on the other I don't know if you like have that same feeling sometimes as well oh Absolutely. I, I, yeah, I, I, I definitely feel there's like some sort of guilt or something like I'm neglecting a child in favor of another or something like, (laughs) um, and I, you know, I don't, I don't know how to, I think, I think it just come, you know, being able to balance that, um, comes with wisdom, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just practice learning how to balance it. I don't know that I'm very good at it. Um, but because, yeah, that, that that feeling of guilt persists. And then when I've completed projects, I can look back at the whole thing and be like, oh, OK, well, you know, I wasn't neglecting this. I was just driven to do this or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is that I'm, you know, whatever it is that happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, when you when you get more practice doing that kind of stuff, you you just start to understand your process and and. Um, it's not that the feeling goes away. It's just that you learn not to give into it, I guess. Or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. You don't have to feel guilty about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. No, that makes sense. Do you think um, sometimes it helps to have multiple creative outlets for you? Oh, yeah. For me, I mean, uh, yes, I, I think so. Um, I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think my favorite is writing songs because then you can like meld both. Oh, sure. Write the lyrics, put it to the words. And yeah, it's really fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, it uses two different parts of, of your brain Mm -hmm. to do, you know, whatever creative thing you're doing. Um, and for whatever reason, like I feel the need to use those parts of my brain, and uh, it uh, it is helpful to express things. I think with music too, um, I can be really vague about whatever I'm trying to express. So if I'm feeling mm. like I'm not trying to be really really obvious about whatever I'm feeling because I'm scared of being vulnerable, <laughs> <laughs> I can allow it to come out through the music. But if I'm feeling like, no, I really want to share this thing that happened to me, then I can write about it. And interestingly enough, I don't know if you guys do this. I, I, some, I, sometimes I write better when I'm listening to music for some, for whatever reason it like serves the writing, but then Mm. other times it completely distracts me. Like when I was a kid, I used to write, like the only way I could write poetry was listening to music, not but like classical music, I just mm-hmm. like listen to symphonies and write poetry, and that was like the only way I could get the words out. But then, as I got older, I stopped being able to do that because maybe I was just like too distracted by the music yeah. or something. But yeah, that's really interesting. That's one of those things that could totally baffles me. Like I think everyone is super different on that. I like can't mm-hmm. work. I can't like do homework. I can't write while I'm listening to music. The only yeah. thing I can do listening to music, I think, is, like, crochet, because that's fairly, like, automatic for me. Um, yeah. But I'm just, like, a super active listener, I feel like. Yeah. So I can't... I can't do anything else while I'm listening to music. Whereas, like, my sister 
can like study and listen to music and like read and listen to music, which just blows my mind. And she listens to like so much more new music than I do, because if I'm going to listen to new music, I need to like make time for it and like be totally yes. in it, you know? And totally. so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I want to see if someone's like done studies on this because I feel like that is just a person by person thing. And it, I just don't understand. I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> Do you, do you have to pay attention when you crochet? Because my wife crochets, mm -hmm. and she just, like, sits there watching Netflix. I get really jealous because she watches all yes. these Netflix right. shows, and she's, like, making all this stuff. So her crochet creative days is also simultaneously her catching up on all her favorite shows. Right. And I That's just, fun. like, I can't do that. Like, <laughs> crochet is, like, maybe the one thing I could do that with, I feel like. Yeah. 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 Um, anything else? Not so much. Yeah. And my attention, yeah, I think, I, is still somewhat divided when I do that, you know? Well, I think, I mean, I, I think the, there have been studies done that you can't actually multitask. Multitasking right. is not real. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Just like, dang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all faking. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm wondering what, like, how, that what changed in, in my brain to make it so that I can't write very much when I'm listening to right, music now. You right, to to. that's also yeah, interesting, that's interesting that you changed yourself. Yeah, I don't know. That's just so fascinating maybe to me. Like what, maybe I think when I was younger, it used to be more cathartic to write. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like I was writing like you. Like we were talking about the the um, pressure to make it literature. Oh yeah. I was writing more just like, like <laughs> dumping my emotions yeah. on the page. And for some, whatever reason that the music really just brought it out in me. So it was like, it became like one thing. So the music just kind of stirred all those feelings and it was just like in my blood and then it came out. But now I think I'm, I'm, especially cause I'm not like writing poetry anymore. I'm like trying to write sentences and <laughs> words that make sense to get not that poetry is not like that but you know yeah. trying to make a it can be vague yeah yeah exactly um I think bec yeah because I'm trying to structure it in different ways it just that part of that um that connection I think not broke but it, it's definitely I definitely can't do it anymore there have been a couple mm. times though when I've used music to stir something and then then I, I like it'll get my creative juices flowing it'll stir up whatever those emotions are but then I have to turn it off when I start to get going because yeah I can't, I can't I'm like distracted all of a sudden so interesting that is I can sometimes listen to music if I'm doing something visual like if I'm doing an illustration mm -hmm. right it depends on what I'm doing I feel like Actually, even during the, like, drawing part, I find that distracting, but during the coloring part, I can listen to music, because that's, like, more of an intuitive process. It's less, like, planning out where things are going to go. Yeah. And figuring out what something is going to look like. Right. But I can't write and listen to music at the same time. I know, like, people say sometimes that they can listen to music without lyrics when mm -hmm. they're writing because like the words I think conflict but for me I think I think the reason I can't is because I have studied music so much and yeah. like music is it's like somebody is speaking a language to me yeah right <laughs> so I'm like whether I'm analyzing what's going on in the music or Ooh, major seventh <laughs> right right <laughs> or I think even if I'm not like analyzing analyzing I know 
I'm like turning it into written music in my brain. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. 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 So I like hear stuff and I'm like figuring out how to play it. Yeah. While I'm listening. Mm. <laughs> like the fingerings you'd use if right. you were string music. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, that definitely is distracting for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't listen to any music when I'm writing, even if it doesn't have words either. But yeah, it, it seems to be some sort of spectrum because there, there are people who they can't do music with words, but they can do like classical music or whatever. So I don't know. I can't play Scrabble while listening to music. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I, actually, I have a hard time really doing anything listening to, like anything that uses my brain. Yeah. Because I think my brain is focused on the music. Yeah, right. Do you right. drive and listen to music? I do. <laughs> <laughs> so stay off the road. Driving. <laughs> that I, I can, I have to like make sure that I don't get distracted by music while I'm yeah. driving. Mm-hmm. But I think that is a little bit different because it's not like an intellectual right. exercise, but like something like playing Scrabble where I'm like trying to spell things yeah. or write yeah. sentences or ha- have a conversation with people. Yeah. Like if you're at a restaurant and they're playing music <laughs> that you can actually hear, it's so hard to talk to people. I feel like I just sound like... You get like the awkward, <laughs> awkward pauses. When awkward you pauses <laughs> and like I don't understand what the other person is saying. Yeah. But you're nodding. weird, right. But I'm actually... Just figuring out how to play that song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know, Nixar. In, in case I ever seem distracted. <laughs> I also, when you were, the, the last time we hung out, yeah. that CD came out, I was like, I remember being distracted. And I was, Probably. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So that's what was happening. Yeah. Something else that I'm very interested in, since we're talking about sort of having different creative mediums mm-hmm. and also sharing, you said that it's easier for you to share music than it is to share writing. Yeah. I think that's also really interesting that like within one person, it can be, it can feel much more vulnerable to share certain aspects of your creativity. Yeah. Instead of just being able to just, here's what I do. Yeah. 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 Do you think that is because writing is more like direct and like actually I explaining what happened? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think for sure. I mean, because, yeah, you're writing. I mean, I'm writing about, you know, difficult things that happened to me. And I think, you know, being direct about that is is always vulnerable, no matter mm-hmm. whether, you know, it, do- it doesn't matter who you're talking to about that. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just, it's hard for me to do that. Um, but yeah, music is, is that all that vulnerability, but channeled in a way that, it, you know, nobody, nobody knows. You can hide behind it, I guess. Yeah. Um, even even songs that I write that deal with difficult things, like my lyrics are super vague. So. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's not like anybody knows. But yeah, I don't know if that would be the same for other people. If, if other people, I think just sharing sharing um, real things about yourself is hard for anybody. Maybe not. I don't know. Is it hard for you, for you guys? I think it is. I mean, the reason... One of the reasons I think this is an interesting topic is because I feel like it's a lot easier for me to share visual art than it is for me to share music that I've written. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I think especially music that has lyrics. And I think like even though the lyrics can be sort of vague and like poetic and artistic, Mm -hmm. it still like feels more like I'm sharing my experience than a drawing. That's so interesting. Yeah. It's like the layers. So it's like a different, yeah, yeah. It's like different layers, different parts of this 
spectrum. Yeah. And then poetry, I think it kind of depends what I'm writing about. I also, I write poetry for children. So it's, it's like my experience, but it's like channeled through the eyes of a child. Right. So it's a little bit different. Right. Like you can tell, especially my more recent poetry, I feel like I've been getting more like emotionally vulnerable in it, mm-hmm. but it's still like you, you can sort of tell what I'm going through, but it's like a child's version of yeah. what that is. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting, like, again, I'm like sort of hiding behind something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But also, since I do want to write for children, that's useful. It sounds like <laughs> such an interesting project, though. I'd love to, <laughs> yeah. love to read that. It I can really show you cool. what I'm writing. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to, love to read that. Um, yeah. yeah, the sharing work it, thing is tough. I don't know. I feel like I... Well, since I was young, I would write like any story that came to my head just on like our computer. Um, Mm -hmm. which was in, like, a communal space, you know, in our house. And if, like, my mom or my sister or my dad would come over and, like, ask me about something while I was doing it, I would be like, don't look at what I'm writing. Like, (laughs) that would be, like, an immediate instinct. And I don't know, I still, like, don't exactly know why. I don't know if there's something that, if it feels like, even though if it's, like, fiction and it's, which I mostly write fiction, and if it's, something that like totally doesn't really have to do with my life or something it still feels like i'm sharing something that is not usually shared with other people because it's like a different way of expressing myself so i think Mm -hmm. there's something like really vulnerable about that you know and i think there's also just like the fear of you know like does this represent me and my voice well if i you know if i'm still working on developing that and like is this just any good you know yeah. um <laughs> quality is <insane>. right right <laughs> so i think i'm the kind of person who like wants to make sure i'm really happy with it before anyone looks at it um yeah. which can be a barrier to you know getting things out in the world yeah that that is cuz then then it becomes a question of like what like is are you withholding because you know you know it could be better or are you withholding because you're scared it's not good enough right that you know yeah and and that's a hard thing to balance Mm -hmm. because yeah because it could be you know either thing I know I know that like when I first started writing my book my my first draft like you know as it's supposed to be it was horrible (laughs) and like I I did try to share with people to like get perspective it was just like hey could you read this and then they never got back to me which kind of like showed me that maybe it wasn't very good or or maybe they just didn't you know have the time to read it or whatever but like but I don't know in that through that sharing something that wasn't you know that great it forced me to look at it with different eyes even though I didn't necessarily get feedback I like kind of divined the feedback from the lack of feedback Mm. and Mm. worked on how to make it better and then you know then that became a continuous process of of because uh, I think when you're you know again when you're working on your own stuff it's hard to have perspective and and uh, yeah it's it's the I don't know the sharing is I think so key to to being able to create quality work but then mm-hmm. we don't want to share because we're worried it's not good enough right. the first time yeah but everybody but it's interesting because everybody goes through that I think you know every everybody creates things that aren't their best work yet. Right. Because, you know, why would it be? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I first started sharing my music, my, my songwriting music, I look back to some of those old 
things I shared, I'm like, oh my God, that was terrible because I've gotten better <laughs> since then, thankfully. Which is good. Right. Yeah. But if I hadn't put it out into the world, like, I don't know that I would have had the motivation to keep doing it and getting better, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I think what's always tripped me up too is that art and creativity is just like so subjective and with any like piece of writing or music, I think a lot of us can easily recognize when something is good or bad, but we don't necessarily yeah. know why it is. You know, it's like right. a very like instinctive reaction. And as much as people write books on like how to be a writer and how to be a musician and whatever, like we right. still there isn't really any like hard and fast set of rules to follow to make sure your work is good. And so I think there's also mm -hmm. just sometimes like uncertainty and self-doubt until you do start getting that feedback. Um, yeah. And I know that's like really hard for me because like you no matter what, you're like not going to be able to please everyone. Like not everyone is going to yeah. like your work. So right. I think that's tough, too. Yeah, I I, I hear that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that. That's yeah. I think you just you gotta the the the, the courage to you know be re not rejected. Well, yeah, you have to have the courage to be rejected. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the courage to not please everybody. Right. That's so hard. It is really hard, <laughs> especially like growing up in the world that we live in, where that is very valued, I think, as a kid, especially in school, and yeah. you're, like, trying to make your teachers happy, yeah. and stay in line, and follow instructions. <laughs> right. I don't know. I feel like that trained me to be very people-pleasing. Yes. Which then is a challenging thing to work with as an artist, because, like you said, you can't please everybody. Right. And to have enough confidence uh, to keep showing up. That, mm -hmm. You know, the, the confidence that you can get better. Yeah. Because you're always going to, there's going to be a point in your artistic life that you receive negative feedback, of yeah. course. Mm -hmm. And the, <laughs> I'm saying this, like, but, like, I'm total, like, <laughs> like I crumble when I get <laughs> negative feedback. It's hard. You know? but, but, yeah, it's like, if, you know, the, you just keep getting up and, like, keep doing it. And that, that's what makes you an artist. Yeah. I, I was also talking to somebody recently this person I work for who has a podcast and she was saying she they had just gotten their first negative review. Uh -huh. We were talking about like that. That means that you've made it if you got a negative review, because then you've reached people who you wouldn't have otherwise reached. Mm, right. That's a good point. Aren't your people. Yeah, that's, that's scary. You, you, you made them feel something. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hatred towards you. And Maybe. Loathing, but it's right. something. Yeah. And it's also like that means that you're reaching a wider audience if yeah. you're reaching people who don't like your work. Right. That's, that's Which true. Which means you're also going to get to more people who do like your work. That's absolutely right. true. And you're making them think at least enough to actually give you feedback. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's not like they're just yeah. like ambivalent. Um, they have, they have things to say. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. And that feedback can be helpful, like you said, and helping you learn how to get better. Yeah. Even or, if it's not fun. <laughs> or even or even just reinforcing, you know, your own beliefs. Because if you get a negative feedback on something that you feel strongly about, and, you know, you can either people please. Yeah. And be like, oh, okay, but got to change that about my, you know, how I, how I do things. Or you can just be like, actually, no. I, like, right. This right. is what I do. This is my voice. And, yeah. I mean, who knows? <laughs> no, I think that... I agree with that. That makes a lot of sense because it 
if like somebody pushes back against something that you believe, you, you realize that you actually do believe it. Because mm-hmm. sometimes there was nothing creating that tension to mm. reinforce that belief before. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I think that that can only help your voice get better. Because then you, you yeah. know, then you start picking and choosing the feedback that is like, oh, okay, yes, that resonates with me. And this is how I can get better. Right. And then the feedback is like, actually, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And that creates like your unique, distinct voice. Just like, like mm-hmm. I think about that with, with playing the violin. I've had, I had so many teachers growing up and it was like just a little haphazard. <laughs> like, I became a musician by, or I got better at the violin by picking and choosing the nuggets of wisdom each teacher had for me and then not like totally accepting the things that weren't working um yeah yeah I had a similar experience with music because I also had a lot of different teachers yeah so and I do think that that like I don't know that sort of reinforces your wisdom Mm -hmm. as an artist once you get to that point where you can be pickier about whose feedback you're taking Mm -hmm. and it's I don't it's just like a realization that oh I actually am a musician yeah because I know that that might be helpful feedback and I know that that might not be (laughs) exactly right and it, it helps you trust your knowledge and your experiences yeah exactly yourself yeah, yeah, I think once you can get in that space where you can, like, take and leave feedback without getting too wrapped up in it, you know, like, I yeah. think that's, like, a really empowered space to be in. And that's where you, that's, it, like, sharing your work and getting feedback, it, like, isn't holding you back anymore, which is, like, a really hard place to get to. But yeah, I think that's one well, of the kinda... main obstacles to just, like, sitting down and doing the work. <laughs> yeah is the idea of like the feedback afterwards mm-hmm. yeah i try to just like when i'm most scared just be like dad will you read this anyway yeah like you know you can give me negative feedback i mean <laughs> don't worry about that i like that's what i actually want that. okay but, <laughs> but but yeah like i i it won't all be negative well <laughs> you know i mean it could be i mean i don't know it could be horrible. I, doubt it. I mean i just put seven years of my life into this Maria. it's okay if it's all negative it's fine um, <laughs> but yeah like i i, I just find that that it yeah, it's good to just put it out there and do the scary thing and be, you know, just kind of ride that wave. And um, the scarier it is, the more rewarding it is, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I only I had one essay published, and when I submitted that essay, it was just like, yeah, like, I, I just felt so terrible about it. I thought it was horrible. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to put this out there, or I'm going to put it, you know, submit it anyway. And yeah, it got uh, accepted. It was, you know, it, it was it was good. <laughs> it was actually good. <laughs> right. And people responded well to it. So I was like, oh, okay. Like maybe it's so hard to 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 find that distinction between yeah, like trusting your own voice and the the one that's telling you like actually this isn't good. This isn't good. You need to work on this more. And then also just trusting that maybe your perspective isn't what you need right now maybe you just need to like trust what you've done if you've worked really hard on it and put it out and see what happens and that's that's so scary but yeah (laughs) it is brave (laughs) nice uh, piece of wisdom (laughs) do you have any other questions for heather anna 
Um, I think the last thing I wanted to ask was how do you like take care of yourself and stay well when you're creating, um, like Ooh. balancing <laughs> your life with the creative work? People can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to think about, you know, like, like in movies, when people are doing creative work, it always looks really sexy. Like, oh, you yeah. know, people mm-hmm. like look really cool. They're in the recording studio. They got their headphones on. They look like they're well kept. And that's not like for me, it's it's totally messy <laughs> and disgusting. Like I haven't showered in days. My apartment's gross. <laughs> like, like I haven't eaten a real meal. So I don't know. I'm the best person to ask about that. <laughs> because my go to maybe isn't the best self-care. But I think I think the work is the self-care, actually, mm-hmm. which is like when I when I am engrossed in it like that, it's like I don't I don't it's not that I don't need anything else. It's it's just that. You know that that is the the thing that is helping me get through whatever it is I'm trying to work through. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, maybe shower every once in a while and try <laughs> to like, get a meal. But <laughs> <laughs> empty bottles and just it's just really gross. <laughs> I've cleaned up the the apartment after I've spent you know weeks recording an album. And it's just awful. And my wife is just kind of like, yeah, that's on you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's challenging, I think. But I think that's that's true, that the creative work itself can be nourishing yeah, can, I like that. and can be a form of self-care. Because yeah. that's also, like, why we do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's that des- therapeutic in some way, yeah. And I just think it's so interesting that art can be such a primal thing yeah. in humans. It's just an, uh, yeah, I don't know. Especially because we think of it sort of as this, like, extra like an extracurricular thing, or maybe that's something that's not quite as essential to society. Right. But I think that the fact that it is so primal points to the fact that it is really essential. Yeah. Yeah. My friends gave me this uh, printout of a quote that I wish I had memorized because it's really good. (laughs) And I'm going (laughs) to totally botch it. And, uh, but yeah, the idea behind it is like, you know, the, a person who who labors it's a famous quote <laughs> jeez now i'm embarrassed i can't remember it you can find i could have sound so well read to just be able to pop it off like that but the idea is that you know the person a person who works also needs like beauty in their life that's the essence of the quote and that you know it's not it, it, i think that 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 we tend to think of of like primal things as like food shelter that kind of thing but i think mm-hmm. an essential part of humanity is also that beauty mm. that art creates and uh yeah that's that's it yeah <laughs> i agree with that yeah. we did a whole episode on beauty because of my very strong feelings on that topic yeah it's <laughs> awesome I, I don't know why i was not invited to that because you know we clearly. should have another episode yeah <laughs> you haven't been talking about it. just 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 about my beauty that's it. <laughs> right <laughs> just joking uh, kind of <laughs> <laughs> So we always like to ask our guests if they have any recommendations for anything that they've been into lately. So that could be like a book that you're reading or oh, music gosh. that you're listening to. Oh, no. I... Or a food that you're enjoying. <laughs> food. Um, like, could be any category. Any category. Anything. Oh, okay. If you don't have anything, that's okay, too. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know okay. So this uh, composer that I've been really into, uh, Rachel Grimes, I'm going to strongly recommend her music. Okay. I've been listening to a lot of that. 
Um, what kind of music does she write? She well, she it, it it's not exa- it's not it's like it's not classical music, yeah. but it's like um, in that vein, it's like instrumental okay. music. Mm-hmm. Con- it could be concert music. Um, I think she's written music for film. Um, she was she's the person who did. I don't know if you guys know the, the Rachels. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't think so. Don't know. No. <laughs> the viewers at home, they're shaking their heads. Uh. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, anyway, so yeah, that's that would be my recommendation. And, and then I've been watching a lot of MasterChef, which has actually oh, been inspiring nice. me to cook. Nice. Yeah, so yeah. Cool. <laughs> Very good. And then I'm going to go home and think of a million things to yeah. recommend people. <laughs> that's okay. You can send them to us. Yeah. <laughs> We also wanted to ask, where can people find you on the internet if they would like to get in touch with your work and things like that? Oh, um, t- my website, I think, is <laughs> heathersummerlad.wordpress.com. I think that's it. You can just, like, Google my yeah. name, too. We'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> cool. And then our last question is our philosophy and Never Wear Boring Socks. The reason the show is called Never Wear Boring Socks is because we believe in making small, creative choices in your everyday to make your life a little more interesting and something that could be boring, like just putting on a pair of socks, could actually be a fun, creative outlet. Is that an yeah. a idea that resonates with you? Absolutely. I was just thinking, I was taking a shower because I wasn't doing anything creative. <laughs> <laughs> and I have, I bought this soap that's like, like tie-dye looking and, uh-huh. and like, it's called Hippy Dippy and it's just really cool looking. And I was just in the shower just appreciating how cool this soap was and mm-hmm. enjoying not just the smell, but the way it was looking all multicolored in my hands. So yes, yeah, so I, I agree with that. That's like a cool. cool Yeah. Thing. So never use boring soap. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Could be a spinoff show. <laughs> <laughs> about self-care when you're... <laughs> there you go. Right. Remember to use soap. Yeah. <laughs> the first step. Well, thank you for joining us, Heather. This is yeah, fun. This yeah, this is really Thanks great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. appreciate the, being able to chat with you guys. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Never Wear Boring Socks this week. If you're enjoying Never Wear Boring Socks, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating or review and subscribe to stay up to date on future episodes. Many thanks to Ben Ramsey, the cheese beast, for his audio editing, and to him and Martha Barnard for their help with our music, and a very special thank you to Heather for joining us today. You can find show notes for this episode at neverwearboringsocks.com. And until next time, never wear boring socks.